Alright, this is Nancy Miller of My Creative Life, and this is podcast number seven. And today I have James Kay with me today, and he's being interviewed. Um, he is a fantastic artist. I love his hand, uh, hand lettering. He does all kinds of work. He's designed his own products. He does pinstriping. He's a sculptor. Um, he's a jack of all trades, so to speak. So um, I really appreciate um, James. Thank you for being on this podcast podcast today. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, great. Well, first thing I wanted to start off with as far as this interview is, though I gave you a little bit of an intro, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, uh, a little bit about myself. I am, uh, I so I think that at the core, I'm an artist. Uh, I have a need, an innate need to create and I feel really off balance when I'm not doing something creative um, but as far as the um, the things that I've done I, I don't know I'm fascinated by learning and teaching and fig especially figuring out uh, techniques I find that I'm more interested in learning about the techniques than the finished products uh, like you mentioned hand lettering it's uh, it's almost a, a meditative uh, experience for me to practice this thing and for some reason I have this drive to want to master all these things that I want to do um, so I, I think at the core that's that's a little bit of my how my personality works um, but I, I really love everything creative you know I just um, there's not enough time in the okay. in the day that's so, true that's true um, can you tell us a little bit about the business side because I um, because I was fortunate to um, get to talk to you at Christmas time and see some of the beautiful um, pinstriping you were doing, the lettering and everything. But then you have this added component of having your own product design and line that kind of fits with your your um, creative work. Yeah, well, so I come from a, a family that they're creatives and they're entrepreneurs. So that's always kind of been, um, that's, that's, that's what we've done. We've started businesses and for some reason what's happening now. So the business is really just a side effect, um, of teaching myself how to pinstripe and letter. I'm doing these processes and I think, well, it, my life would be a lot easier. The practice would be a lot easier if I had this. And somehow my brain says, well, the, the years of building motorcycles and figuring out engineering, now I have an understanding of how I can build these products that, that help that solve a problem where there's not, there's not a comparable product out there. Um, so it just made sense. And, you know, frankly, painting pictures in my studio and just posting them, it, it's, it's can be difficult to make a living. Oh, yeah. So uh, this is also a fun, creative way to get my products out there. And um, yeah. yeah, so I don't know if that answers your yeah. question. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think I looked at your Instagram and how you're following, um, I mean, because of your the type of art you make, um, obviously those products help to solve some of the things that other artists are going through. Like I like the little 
um, palette with the cups on it and then you were actually attaching it to like a tripod or some kind of stand. I thought yeah. that was really creative. That was just a creative solution for, you know, when you don't have that free hand or you're trying to, you know, to have something yeah. stationary and then be able to adjust it and level it wherever you need it. So what, yeah. what inspired you to come up with that incident or moment? No, nah, some of the things, some of the, I can't take credit for a lot of the stuff. You know, I do a lot of research on um, how to do these techniques and I'll see pictures over the years and I'll see uh, somebody, especially with the hands-on trades, a lot of these artists and craftsmen, they make their own, they cobble together their own little tools. Uh, so a lot of the things that I make are um, kind of refined products of what they're already doing. I've seen that tripod mount before. Okay. Now, I haven't seen it as a uh, having the uh, a cups welded to it and uh -huh. a, a piece of stainless. And that yeah. that piece of uh, that tool will last longer yeah. than we will. Oh, gotcha. Uh, so I can I can pride myself on making a top quality tool, but some of the you know they're just evolutions of ideas. I'm not recreating the wheel here, mm -hmm. um, as much as I would like to say, mm -hmm. oh yeah, it's all in my my brain. It's it's just it's just not. That's just the nature. Um, now, the I guess the benefit, like I said before, of having all that experience with uh, metalworking and, and engineering, now I can bring something to market. I can, I can look back and use all of those skills that I learned mm -hmm. and put it into a new market. Mm -hmm. These, a lot of these people that use these tools, they're not metal workers. Oh, okay. they're, they're painters. Gotcha. Now they might be hands on, but you know, I've been doing metal work for 25 years. Gotcha. So I have a real understanding of, uh, uh processes and, uh, materials that are not accessible to these people that are just painters. So gotcha. because, that's how I can help. So where, because I think I recall you mentioning you um, majored in sculpture. Was that correct? Or was that I did? Well, I, I went to, uh, my father raised me as a uh, woodworker mm. and then he taught me how to um, do automotive paint. Actually, he raised me he started me off when I was about eight years old doing body work in the garage. He was always a hot rodder, built cars. And he started me really young doing uh, body work and Bondo and painting. And then his father was a woodworker. So it was, it was, um, there was a connection to hot rods and also woodworking. So I really got into that and I decided to go to CCS in Detroit to follow this, um, I, I just had a love for working with my hands, especially with wood. Um, so I went to CCS with the intent of becoming a woodworker. Mm. But as, as soon as I got there, I found the metal shop and something clicked in my head. And um, I just got in, you know, there was a certain crowd there that I just really clicked with. And uh, so I started doing that. And then I ended up in the jewelry studio focusing on metal, small metal sculptures, and took a bunch of uh, drawing classes too. Uh, CCS is big for the automotive design. Um, so I took a bunch of, it, it just kind of, mm, I, I understood the, uh, I took classes in metalworking, and I also took classes in motorcycle and auto design. So it just seemed natural to get into custom motorcycles from that point. 
Uh, and then I went and got a master's degree at uh, Cranbrook Academy of Art for um, sculpture. Okay, so. awesome. Great. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. So, like, um, I guess, were you originally, like, as far as, you know, you said your dad, you know, kind of got you into that kind of doing body work and things like that. But um, my next question kind of is, like, do you remember earlier, maybe earlier, maybe drawing things, making things, or you were just yeah. really? Absolutely. So my father was in the, he was in the advertising business for 50 years. And when he started, they didn't have all these computers. They had people sitting behind um, easels painting these pictures, these technical drawings. So he would there was always art supplies all around the house. Mm. I, I started drawing. I was known as the artist in third grade. I remember that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, since the since the beginning, I was always drawing or uh, and my brother was, too. You know, so uh, we just always we were lucky enough to have all those tools right in our face um, and to be. Uh, It, it was something that that I was I was good at, you know. It helped my esteem because I just uh, I found that that was something that I really liked. Um, so yeah. So let me think. Did I answer the question? Yeah, I think so. I mean, and it, I mean, I've met both your parents, and they're wonderful people, and they just seem like the type to be very supportive and nurturing of that kind of um, interest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're uh, especially when there's a business component to it. They're they're very they're very much um, you know my father has known a ton of artists that are the type of artists that sit in their basement and they might make amazing artwork, but if you're not out pounding the pavement and getting your work in front of people, it's a real tough way to make a living. Yes. So as much as the uh, the creative process was pushed and supported by my family. There was also that element of, okay, so now how are you going to bring that to market? How are you going to turn that into a line of products? So uh, as much as I would like to imagine myself as that hardcore painter, that's all I do. I just paint. I think that I'm built to be more of a jack-of-all-trades mm -hmm. uh, and making products that solve problems. I do my best to make a really quality product. Um, and I, I find a lot of creative inspiration in that. So I think that uh, as much as I enjoy creating one-off pieces of artwork, I also really, I think because of the way I was raised, I also really enjoy solving those problems and being an engineer. Um, yeah. All right, so um, I know you do a lots of different types of art. Is there any particular at this moment that is your current like passion? Yeah, I'm. So, so I'm teaching myself how to do. And when I say I'm teaching myself, it's really important for me to seek out these masters. Um, and some of the masters that I've met, whether it's metal sculpture or pinstriping. Um, some of these old school masters are really, really open and helping. So what I've been doing, I've been teaching myself and with the help of them how to pinstripe and hand letter lately. So what I'm really turned on about is this kind of blend. What's happening 
with what I see is there's a bunch of people learning how to get back into the sign trade. Mm-hmm. And there are, there are people pounding the pavement doing what you want them, what the customer wants them to do on their window. But what I'm more interested in is this blending of hand lettering into the fine arts. Mm -hmm. It's really an amazing, it's really an amazing time. There's a, there's a blending what's been happening for a while now where the uh, graffiti artists are really starting to become popular fine artists. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that there's, there's a, mm, there's a market or there's a space for uh, lettering people to get into that beautiful. They're not, they're not traditional signs, yeah. but it's all those techniques into a fine painting. So uh, that's what that's what I've been focusing on lately, you know. Gotcha. Yeah, I find it fascinating, the um, hand lettering, because an uh, acquaintance of mine, I started following him on Instagram. I was like, oh, this is so cool. And then he, he recommended a couple of other people that I look at. And then I was like, oh, bought a book. And then I was like, just started following all these people. And there is something almost like you said, it's almost meditative, almost kind of cathartic when you're like, just trying to draw a letter in or try to make this letter in, I don't know, 10, 20 different variations of the same letter and different styles and things like that. So I found it to be something I've really enjoyed. And I like bringing in the part where I bring it into the computer and um, vectorize it and then you can just yeah. put it on whatever you want you know so i find that really a lot of fun yeah and you're really talented at that too i wish i had those oh. skills <laughs> you make that look easy <laughs> oh that's very kind of you a lot of youtube videos that's been the nice thing i really appreciate youtube find it on youtube um but I wanted to ask you, so who are some of these artists that have been inspiring you on your journey that you've been connecting with? There is a, so for some reason I have the need to learn how to do straight line uh, striping. This is, this is one that's just, that I've been, um, this is a gentleman that's been helping me recently and straight line striping is this old school way. They've been doing it for, a hundred years, longer than a hundred years. Uh, and it's, uh, it started in the, uh, coach builders and they would, uh, they would pinstripe just two lines down the side of a car. And it's different when, you know, people talk about pinstriping and they see all this, this embellishment and these crazy designs. Well, it's my experience that running an almost perfect straight line down the side of a car is just, <laughs> it is so hard. Mm. And, because it's so hard, I needed to learn how to do it and challenge myself. Mm-hmm. So I've been communicating with a guy named Dwayne Conant, mm-hmm. and he is a true master. He is amazing. Um, he does these designs on my Instagram. He uh, he uses these um, he uses like a miner's uh, uh, headlight. On top of his head, and then he uses the what do they call those? The um, the jeweler's glasses, and he does these super intricate small designs, and they're beautiful. Well, so anyway, long story yeah. short, he is one of my favorites now. And oh. What I'm finding is that I get older. He, the people that I like working with, are yeah. not only masters, but they're cool people. Yes, he's yes. like, what, what do you want to know? Yeah, where I've dealt. If I talk to pinstripers around here. 
it's been my experience that they don't they don't want to show me how to do this stuff because I'm taking their business. Yes, and I find that, you know, I because you're a teacher. See, you said you were a teacher too. And I think people who tend to be teachers, we realize because you share your knowledge with everybody. You may yeah. But everybody interprets it differently, and that's what I love about being a teacher. I will give kids an assignment in my animation and game design class where we're doing a 3D modeled figure. Every single one of them is unique and different and stamped with that student's own style. I can tell in a heartbeat who made that. So I feel like as an educator, when you come from a visual arts background, you're like, well, I want to share everything because I want to see what you do with it. I'm not, yeah. if you really are into the visual arts, you just don't necessarily want to copy exactly what somebody else did. You want to put your own stamp on it, your own personal style to it. It's not going to look, I mean, if unless you're really directly copying, and that's, I guess, what people fear. But I kind of go, you know, I'd rather share the knowledge, share the wealth, because somebody down the road shared something with me that let me grow yeah. as an artist. Yeah. And it's, it's from what I've seen, the ones that copy directly, they never go very far anyway. And they, they're not true creative people. And I don't want to talk. I understand, yeah. you know, I'm not doing anything totally unique, a hundred percent me because it's all this, this gathering of information after all of these years and putting spin, like you're saying, on, on other people's ideas that they got from other people. Um, but I, I totally agree with you. I, I uh, you know, uh, I like to share the knowledge, not to mention the charge of being able to help another person. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just especially when you see that they have that that glimmer of desire and you're you're helping them on their journey. That's that's a tough feeling to beat. That's a really yeah. good feeling. So. And I think it motivates, well, from uh, talking as an educator, I, I feel like it motivates me to keep going. I mean, I'm watching somebody else grow and I'm like, oh man, I don't want to be stagnant. I don't want to just say, this is all I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stop here. I want to keep growing too. So yeah. I think that, yeah, but I, I agree. Like some people are very hush hush about, I don't want to share what materials I don't want to be. And I, I get that they've worked really hard and they've done a lot of research and due diligence, but yeah. you know, I feel like, like, you know, I do like that community. I like that sense of, you know, if I'm asking somebody, it's because I really respect them. I really love their work. I want to learn yeah. from them. So, yeah. Like a One of my mentors, yeah. when I was younger, I was yeah. working, I took a class with this um, this uh, um, hot rod builder, metal shaper, and we talked about that, that whole thing, you know, that that old school way of, of you know, people holding all that information. Um, and he said, he was an older gentleman, he said, all of the people that I tried to get information from that wouldn't give me any information – they never had any real information to give me anyway, you know, and I found that really uh, inspiring, you know, and, and it helps it helps keep me in check mm -hmm. because, I, I, you know, again, it's like a it's a give and take. And like you said, when I give for some reason, it comes back, whether it's inspiration or yeah. I don't know, drive or some kind yeah. of some kind of um, new technique comes out of it or cooperation. It's funny how, how the universe works like that. Yeah. And I take it as like when I watch my students excel higher than I do, 
I just go, oh my gosh, you're so amazing. It's not a feeling of like, oh, you know, you whatever. I'm like, I'm so glad you did something with it. Oh my gosh, you're amazing. Yeah. You did this and I'm just so proud of you. Like that's where I feel. And then I feel in turn that feeling, I, I don't know if you're, if you are a teacher, you feel that feeling just kind of wash over you. Like, you know, you know, that light bulb went off and they're, you know, they're working hard with it. And so I, that's the part I like about the sharing. Yeah, you've stuff. changed their life. Yeah. So changed their, I had a, a teacher in a community college when I got yeah. out of uh, high school, yeah. I, I was taking uh, some kind of art history class and she pulled me aside and she said, you could really do something with this. And her name was Edna. Okay. And it, it wasn't, it wasn't like a hands-on art class. Yeah. She just had, I don't know, all it took was that sentence yeah. and it changed my life. It, it, maybe it wasn't drastic, but it, it helped me take that little turn in the road at that point in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's pretty cool. Oh yeah. And to have yeah. that kind of, you know, to be able to push, um, you know, creative students or other creatives to go reach that next level. I think that's been the community. Overall, I will say majority of artists, um, they have some aspect of themselves that is part teacher and everybody I have ever communicated with, they're always like very open, like you said, about sharing yeah. their information and just being like, well, uh, you know, just passing it down majority yeah. you know there's that small percentage like you said that are a little bit more um closed mouth about <laughs> their techniques and stuff yeah. but yeah and that's the right yes. you know i'm not gonna you know yeah so um as far as how do you stay motivated how what has been your motivational you know i kind of to keep you going because I find it's very difficult if you tend to be and I think some of it's because I have a little ADHD I kind of like everywhere and so yeah, it's hard too. to say motivate it start to be consistent or say I'm going to continue on how do you do that how do you stay I've started to well uh I'm not sure where this uh drive that I have it's difficult for me to um finish a project and say, Oh, I've made it. And there's something in my personality where I finish it. I don't appreciate it for a year or two later when I finish it. I'm like, okay, what's the next, I need to get better at this. I need to fix this or do this, um, fix this technique. Um, Oh gosh, what was the question again? <laughs> well, like, how do you stay motivated? Stay how do motivated. you like? How do you kind of keep yourself going? Like, um, I found for myself, like, I think it's been teaching high school because I switched from elementary to high school, and I will say, um, high school because I've got five or six students who consistently draw all the time. Being around yeah. people who exhibit that kind of behavior that I want to model, it does influence me to draw more outside of school. Like, I'm like, these kids are doing it. I remember a time when I was compulsively drawing all the time. Why yeah. did I ever stop? And so that helps me kind of be, you know, try to keep going. Yeah, yeah I it? think that it's, um, I totally relate. And there have been uh, times I've kept sketchbooks for 25 years, mm -hmm. um, I have boxes of sketchbooks. Mm -hmm. 
And when I'm not sketching, something is going on. And then, like you said, I'm, I'm like, whoa, 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 what's going on with my life? Why did I stop putting down my ideas? And I have to be honest, uh, some of that drive is uh, fear-based a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose. I, I, I truly believe that this is a part of the reason that I'm on this planet is to create and to help and to um, – and to follow this path. And if I don't follow that and I let those muscles die off, mm-hmm. uh, I'm afraid they won't come back. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's just how I am yeah. uh, now with uh, Instagram and, uh, all this, this, um, social media, it, I'm, I'm competitive too. I yeah. see something where uh, somebody else is creating something and I'm just blown away yeah. by by that kind of uh, whatever the technique is or the colors. And uh, it's hard for me to just say, oh, that's that's beautiful, good for that person. I, I'm, honestly, I'm like, how did they do that? Mm-hmm. That is amazing. I want to be able to do that too. Um, so that keeps me going. Um, and I, I don't think that it's, I think to an extreme, if you take that to an extreme, mm-hmm. it, it can be a negative thing. But I think... Um, healthy competition is is good. It's just it's just my personality, you know. Is it? Do you find that it's hard balancing because you have your business side with the the tools that you're making that help what you do and you're selling that? Do you, is it hard to balance that side um, with the actual you know art creation side of it? Does that tend to outweigh sometimes? Is it just kind of a you know, how do you play that balance between the two? That's a that's a really good question, Nancy. Um, the nice thing about this this new uh, endeavor, these art products, is that I get such a charge from the creative uh, problem solving okay. that I don't see a difference. Okay. You know yeah. now. I, I make sure that I have to sit behind that brush and practice as often yeah. as I can for whatever I'm going to sit behind the brush or shape a piece of metal or whatever technique I'm fo- focusing on. Um, but it, it's a challenge. And the truth is, is that I, I've got a couple people that are helping me. Um, I would rather take less money mm-hmm. and have qualified people to help me yes. do it. Yes. Um, and that gives me a little time yes. to experiment and to to um, uh, do what I do, you know, or do what do what I want to do. Yeah. And I try to do that every day. Yeah. Uh, try to take a little bit of time to just uh, uh, freak out and create. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a way, I believe that it helps support <laughs> it helps mm-hmm. support my mood, and it also helps support. Uh, possibly future products. Gotcha. That's how these products came out because I was mm-hmm. screwing around behind the brush, mm-hmm. and I said, "Wait a minute, I need this or that." And so, one supports the other, but it, it can be very tricky, especially when uh, you get some um, bigger orders in yeah. and there's a deadline. The yeah. first thing is is like, "Whoa, we got to keep these people happy." Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. That's uh, it's it's evolving, but I think at the core of it is, if I don't use those muscles, they're going to yeah. disappear, and time flies, and I'm going to be 65, and I'm going to say, what, what I, I, you know, I, I had a guy call me 
um, I, I sold a piece of machinery oh, yes. and he was in Washington yes. and he was very wealthy. He had done mm-hmm. very well. Yeah. And his girlfriend said, you know, you're 65. Yeah. You're a sculptor. Yeah. What have you done in the past yeah. 20 years? Yeah. And it really freaked him out. Yeah. Because he focused just on the business. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I understand People have families. I, I'm in a position right now where um, where I can be selfish and just focus on this stuff. You know, take care of my employees. Um, so I, I don't know. It, it, it's a trick. It's a balance. But like I said, I think the the core of it is if I don't use it, I'm going to lose it. So that's great. Thank you for um, sharing that with us. The next question is. Um, can you share anything like current that you're working or is it, you know, about sure. some of the products you're working on or I don't know if you will, you know, if that was okay to share with listeners. Yeah, I'm comfortable with it. Okay. Uh, I've been, so I've had this charge lately because I had one of those moments yeah. like what kind of artwork am I doing? What is my artwork? Um, so I've been, uh, I bought some canvases. And I'm just, uh, I'm trying to, to, uh, I'm trying to incorporate all those practice lettering projects that I've been doing into fine art. Oh, awesome. So I've been working on that. The products, the, I've stopped, I have a, a list of products that I want to, um, develop and get out to market. But what I'm yeah. finding being a new company is that I have to pace myself. Because uh, immediately I was so yeah. excited that these products were uh, getting some legs under them and, and yeah. people were really interested in them yeah. that I was just releasing product after product. Oh. Well, the problem is, is that for every product that you have, you have to have those materials in stock. Oh, yeah. So unless you have a, a investor, somebody behind yeah. you with a bunch of money that says, okay, you can order a thousand of these and keep yeah. them on the shelf, yeah. every product has four different pieces of um, machinery or yeah. metal. I'm just, you know, yeah. general, generalizing, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so I have to keep that yeah. that one of four for yeah. each product on the shelf to be uh, able to make yeah. one of those products, right? Yes. Um, so I can't remember the question. <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's just what are you working on currently as far as oh. your products, your artwork? Yeah, I'm... Um, I'm working on that. It was something that I've always been working on um, that I hope materializes one day. I haven't been able to solve this uh, this challenge. Yeah. But uh, coming from a sculptural background yeah. and then switching over to a, uh, a two-dimensional um, uh, arena, I guess you'd say, yeah. I'm trying to get my paintings Mm -hmm. to come out of the canvases. Yeah. And I, I can't seem to solve the problem. I've been working on it for years and it's frustrating and it's really uncomfortable, but I'm, I'm hoping that that's, I wish I could explain it better because I know it sounds really vague. Um, you know, I could just make, I I can make a sculpture that comes out of the wall, but I want to be able to create a painting that has some really, uh, amazing depth. Yes. 
that comes off the wall. I use a lot of clear coats and I've okay. found some uh, really great epoxies yeah. that help give uh, the pieces some depth. It's challenging though. That's that's one I think that I'll be chipping away at for a long time and maybe one day it'll gel or maybe it won't. But uh, so I, I've been working on that. Yeah, great. Right. Well, you sound yeah. like you're up to the challenge, so I'm sure it'll work uh, work out. I think you'll I mean, find the solution yeah. for it. If not, you know, I'm, I try not to control it. If not, I know that it'll um, it'll lead to something better or more interesting. You know, it's, yeah. it just seems like that's how it goes. Gotcha. So, um, so I wanted to ask you, where is your favorite place to see art? I have to, you know, I think Instagram, yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, I've been, I've traveled all over the country. I've been to all of the great museums. It's been a long time uh, since I've done that. I just haven't had the time. And certainly seeing art in person is, is, it's just a better experience. It's, it's a more quality experience. There's a reason yeah. why artwork looks better when it's in person yeah. than in a picture, you know? you got to go and see it. Um, yeah, that's tough. I go down to the uh, the Library Street Collective. I was just mm -hmm. down there. I try to go to art shows around town, yeah. gallery yeah. openings, um, to be able to, to see what's happening. But one specific place, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm behind the brush a lot mm -hmm. and, and working in my studio. It's yeah. It's been... It's been tough to get out, you know, and uh, oh, yeah. and see that stuff uh, in person. Now, I have uh, a couple of weeks ago, I went and saw one of my mentors, the uh, Dwayne Conant, oh. who is teaching me how to do this straight line striper or striping. Mm -hmm. And uh, they have what's called at some of these car shows. They have what's called a bullpen mm. and they have uh, a bunch of they get a bunch of pinstripers and sign painters in there. And. Over the weekend, they create these artworks, and then they auction them off for oh, different charities. That's nice. And, and that was one of yeah. the best experiences I've had in a long time, yeah. to be able to see these masters who have 50 years of doing this mm. stuff. And it's just amazing how open these people were. All you had to do was show yeah. a little interest. How did you do that? Yeah. What kind of paint are you using? How yeah. did? And it's like they are dying to show you how to yeah. do it. It was really great. It was really great. Um, but yeah, I you know I when I was in school I was going, you know I was going to New York and San Francisco and going to all these galleries. Um, and I, uh, like I said, I don't know. I haven't had time lately. So. Oh yeah, but I agree with the social media. I do find that Instagram was like. Oh, I guess the best invention for artists. I was like, it kind of makes me a little bit more accountable too. That's been another motivation. Like, it's like seeing that amazing work and then being inspired because I look and I go, I mean, obviously it can also be as uh, bad for your self-esteem when you look at it compared to other sure. people's work. But at the same time, I'm looking for that improvement growth. So I'm like, what are they doing that I'm not doing that I could be doing that would help bring my artwork to the next level and I would yeah. look at you know somebody who I admired um like the, their Instagram feed like Lisa Quines and I would be like oh she's got a really great you know contrast she's you know adding these textures I like I need to try to do that and then my work just got so much better and it was just like and then the fact that you pretty much see people from all over the world like I don't know it's like 
a lot of artists that I've been really liking the work and they were based out of like Russia and Malaysia. I was like, where have they been? This is really cool. And it's just a totally different look aesthetic because they're from another country. And so their work just looks so unique. It's stuff that I would really have a hard time like necessarily finding in a local gallery or in a local museum because they're out in the Ukraine or I don't know where they're at, but they're just yeah. like, and they're producing this stuff that I go like, this is amazing, amazing work. So yeah, but yeah. I agree with you. So going back to your studio now, what is your most indispensable item in your studio that you just have to have? You know, I would say you sent me these questions uh, before just yes. so that the listeners know. Um, and I was thinking about that and I know it sounds really corny, but it's my drive. It's not, yeah. it doesn't matter that I, the more immersed I get in the creative process, it doesn't matter what, I don't have a favorite tool. Okay. What I, the most important thing is this need to learn and how to do this stuff. And I know it sounds really corny, yeah. but it's, um, you know, a favorite tool doesn't matter yeah. because I, when I'm immersed in welding, it's my, my torch. Mm -hmm. Um, or I gotta say, I, ha I have a, uh, helper, an apprentice, I guess you'd oh, call him, cool. Austin. Nice. He is an indispensable. Okay. <laughs> an actual person. Yes, he, That's great. Oh, is, that would be look, nice. I, I mean, say he's tool, yeah, but yeah. he is by far. Yes. The, but he's great. I tell him stuff and yeah. you know, it's, uh, he does it. He's, he's great. Um, nice. but if, you know, and, and maybe if we look at it more literally, yeah. um, I think the best tool that I have, uh, that I'm enjoying lately since I'm doing that, I'm learning this casual alphabet. Yes. Uh, I use this brush called a quill and you know, it's been around I don't know, probably a couple hundred years and uh it just has a fascinating feeling mm -hmm. how can i explain it it's made with uh gray squirrel hair Ooh, from nice. russia or oh, something cool. um it's very flexible and you can't get this brush at um the major art stores yeah. it's specifically made for lettering awesome. and it has a certain doing that that practice over and over and over again you start to you know your your hands the tool becomes part of your body in a way and the little subtleties of the way that these hairs grab the surface and hold the paint and flick these little lines it's that's what i'm really liking lately and they have all sizes i'm using a big one called a 20 and it's like an inch and a half wide and I'm doing this lettering on 36 inch canvases. Um, it's just a really cool feeling. Yeah. So yeah, I think lately that's, that's the tool that's most indispensable. Yeah. Cool. Um, my last question, I always kind of get a little deep here, but I like, uh, I stole sure. it off of a podcast that I listened to and, uh, he just asked these, this like, question at the end and I just thought it would be cool to ask artists this so basically at the end of your life you've made all the art that you've wanted and you've lived a very full life if there could be nothing left behind of your existence but a note that you've written with three final truths what would those truths be three final truths yes 
one of them would be go easy on yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't beat yourself up too bad. Yeah. Um, well, for me, the, the truth's for me. Yeah. The truth yeah. is, is that mm, you never stop learning. I think, you know, Prince, uh, the musician said it, uh, wildly successful musician, you know, and he said that the way that you can stay current and relevant is that you learn new techniques or learn new instruments. And if you have to force that, I think that you should question what's happening inside you. Um, because it's my experience learning new techniques is great. I hear it all the time. People are stuck in a rut. Uh, and I certainly understand that, but the way to get out of that is to, is to keep learning and maybe it's time to change your direction maybe maybe i'm maybe i don't need to be a welder anymore maybe i need to start learning how to paint or maybe um and honestly it's that it comes back to that first truth it's like get over that uh fear of failure yeah. it's uncomfortable you know staying in that it's that there's that balance there where you gotta you gotta for your self-esteem you gotta stay in a comfortable area for a little bit so you can feel okay mentally. Mm -hmm. And the balance there is to get into that uncomfortable stuff. Uh, you know, I have a tendency to stay in that uncomfortable for, for a little bit too long. So I'm working on that balance. Um, but you know, that's, that's what makes you grow. I think those, that, those are just my opinions. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I hope that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, because I think um, all the creatives I've talked to, there's kind of an intermingling of the answers that kind of that thread that follows through everybody's final truths. And, you know, there is that sense of being like, you know, I guess not being hard on yourself, kind of like maybe being contented in the progress you're making and not judging it based yeah. on what other people's progress and like yeah. putting yourself out there. Because that was really hard for me. I feel like I went to art school and they didn't really teach you how to have a confidence. I was like, Oh, yeah. I got to actually, like you said, you got to kind of sell yourself. you got to be able to sell your work because if you really want to make a living at this, you are a salesperson. That was a reality that I didn't have until I was like, because I guess I treated it more like a hobby. And so, because I was always working teacher, graphic designer, I always had this full-time stable job. Yeah. So it's more of a hobby thing and maybe I didn't push it or put myself out there as much because of the fear. And yeah, it's scary. It, it is. It was like I first started illustrating children's books and I had a children's book festival call me and they said, we'll pay you. Probably it would be just like two hours of my time, $600. And I was wow. like deathly afraid to do it. I thought about it. I sat on it for about three to five days and I emailed the lady said, Oh, I made up an excuse. I said, I'm busy. I'm <laughs> just like, I couldn't do it. I couldn't imagine. But as a teacher now, and I think that was the best thing that ever happened to me was beco yeah. becoming a teacher. You just had to kind of put yourself out there, whether right or wrong with students. You were just like, because you're going to meet a wide variety of people and different backgrounds. I was just like, so I'm just like, I am who I am. <laughs> and this is like, yeah. you know, what you got. And I, I do the best I can. I try to, you know, so I realized, like you said, you just kind of not be as hard on yourself so that you are willing to try things you are willing to be take those risks in life because you just you just never know and now i think back about it it's like oh my gosh that would have been an easy six hundred dollars you know 
I would have gone and done that. I would have had a great time. It would have been amazing because then later on I did do it. I did and I didn't get paid $600. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, oh, this is not so bad. This was like fun, you know? And then I was like, so when you take those opportunities as they come, you know, instead of looking at it such as a negative, I think, you know, being yeah. at fear. So, yeah, but thank you so much for sharing sure. all of your um, story as an artist and as a business person. I just find it very admirable. Anybody who is able to do all of that, because I think there is a mystery behind it sometimes. And I, I think there there is not enough talk about, like, well, this is what it's really like to be somebody who leads a creative life and a business. Sure. So sure. I really appreciate you sharing this with my listeners. Okay, so thank you so much, James. And yes, and uh, this is podcast number seven of My Creative Life. I'm signing off. Thank you for listening.